0: Welcome to the Cabin Cast, your getaway primer.
1: Hello. Hey, Eric. How you doing?
2: Good. Good. Are you staying warm?
1: I am staying warm. I'm currently a lot warmer than I was on our interview
2: that we just had <laughs> right
1: with M- Matt and Jed in uh, a little lakeside cottage that was turned off. The, the heat was turned off. It's a seasonal cottage, so but it's right on the water. And we were ice fishing with two of my really good friends and decided to record an interview while we were doing it. And it was really a good time.
2: You know, I love our studio in the back of Roughing It in Style. It's gorgeous. It's such a great place to record but i have to admit i really loved doing this on-site interview like going out into the field and doing it live from right beside the lake while you guys were fishing
1: yeah that was fun and i think we talked about it then we we got to do a little more of this on-site recording thing and figure out some other activities that would be fun to record during
2: yeah on location i think we're gonna come up with a lot of good that's the word
1: for it on location yeah, for yeah. sure. So, you know, it's funny, Neither you or I are not ice fishing people, but you, your family does ice fish quite a bit. Is that right?
2: My husband and my son, my son is actually, he's a senior in high school this year. And last year as a junior, and then this year he will be too. Our high school has an ice fishing team. And my daughter did it when she was in high school. So um, they do tournaments with other high schools and see who catch the biggest fish. So it's a guy and girl team. Um, I'd have to look at how many kids, but at least 10 kids are on the varsity ice fishing team. It's a pretty cool thing to be involved in.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. That's super cool. Can you letter? Can you letter in ice fishing?
2: You know what? I don't know. I'll have to ask that. Because they've lettered in other sports, so I haven't really thought about that part.
1: You just get like a pin with different fish on it for your letter jacket? Maybe.
2: Like a musky fish, a musky pin or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. And he and his buddies have even like built a shanty together. Kind of like shop class, too. So that's pretty fun.
1: That's awesome. I bet that Wisconsin just really kicks butt in ice fishing nationally on a national stage. Right. You know, from high school. Yeah, they're probably way better than Florida.
2: Right. <laughs> Maybe it's Wisconsin versus Minnesota.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a vicious rivalry. Vicious rivalry.
2: Yeah. Like who has the most lakes, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Who has the most lakes? They're the, what is it? Uh, 10,000 lakes, they say.
2: Yeah. But I think they, we really have more than they do, but, um. They claimed it first.
1: Yeah, we. I think we have ten thousand and one. I believe was the the last count that Wisconsin <laughs> has.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, it's funny. I. Uh, it's been a gap since I've been ice fishing, and one of the first times that I went with Jed, one of the um, guys that we record with, it was kind of a family get together in Tomahawk at my by my parents' cabin, and all the the ladies that were with us decided to go get the pizzas that we had ordered and go have a, a cocktail, and they left Jed and I to watch. I think at the time it was five or six kids, and they were under five years old, just a collection of really little ones, while Jed and I were fishing. And we were in our in our cabin, and could see the tip-ups up out on the lake. And we had the kids all calmed down, all playing. I think they were just building Legos or something on the dining room table, and then a tip-up went up, so Jed uh, threw his jacket on and opened up the door and took off. So it's just me sitting here with all these kids under five, right? Everything's going well. And it continued to go well, and Jed was gone for a little while. So it was all going well until my nephew or one of the kids knocked a Lego off the dining room table. And my daughter, and she was maybe 18 months old, at the time, so little. She was walking around, but she was little. She walked over to pick it up. Well, my nephew, it had been drilled into his head that babies can't pick up Legos because if they put them in their mouth, they could choke. It could be a big deal. It's a major problem. So he was maybe three years old and he panicked when he saw her pick up this Lego. And instead of knocking it out of her hand, instead of telling me that she had a lego he just punched her square in the face oh
2: my God! <laughs>
1: knocked her over Yikes. <laughs> and i just turned and saw this you know my three-year-old nephew just punched my little baby daughter and i you know picked him up and set him on the chair and told him no no hitting what are you doing and he got upset and then of course live my daughter was just you know super upset crying and screaming and upset like why did she just get hit well I walked over to my nephew and said, why did you do that? Why'd you hit her? And he said, well, she was going to choke on the Lego. I was saving her. I was helping her. So while this is going on, you know, we've got multiple kids crying. Jed's gone. The girls pull back in after being back in. So they, they walk in and it looks like I just done the worst job of watching all the children while they've been gone. And, uh,
0: Oh my you know, gosh. that was
1: like my first interaction with ice fishing. Jed walked back in with the fish. He's like, what is going on too? And I just look like it's just someone who could not take care of this group of children. Um, but the like getting back into it now, Matt is Jed's neighbor and we'll introduce everybody in the interview. Um, they've really been having a blast and in inviting me along to plenty of ice fishing. And I I you know, go for it in for the cocktails and have a beer and hang out with them for a little while. It's it's definitely a patience game. Um, they hunt or fish in kind of little pull out sleds that you kinda pull a tent over you. And I think I'd be more of the right. ice fishing in the in the hut with the the table and the card game and everything. But uh it it's a fun time. It's an active you gotta find stuff to do up here in the wintertime, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, that's that's the truth. I mean, I think people ask so often how we can live where it's so cold. And it's by finding hobbies and friends to do things with that you can enjoy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I did uh I I have an ice fishing ice fishing joke to tell here. So are you ready? For oh this goodness. One? Okay. <laughs> An angler had too many drinks and decided to go ice fishing. He grabbed his gear, stepped out onto the ice, and started to cut a hole when he heard a booming voice shout, There are no fish under the ice. The man jumped up and looked around, but he didn't see anyone. He carried on, cutting into the ice, and again, the voice boomed. There are no fish under the ice. Still nobody. Was he going mad? The man stumbled to a new spot and started drilling another hole when the voice shouted for a third time, There are no fish under the ice. The man looked up into the blinding light and said, Is that you, God? The voice answered, No, you idiot. I'm the manager of the ice rink.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh, Eric. That's not where I thought that joke was going to go. That was hilarious. (laughs) I think it's one your kids would like.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a good uh, good Northwoods ice fishing joke. It's I actually changed it a little bit. It, it said uh, a Canadian angler oh, in the original okay. version, but I just didn't want to upset any of our neighbors up north there.
2: Right? Well, I think it'll become like a really popular joke now after people hear it. Everybody will want to share oh, it. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, ice fishing jokes just are the rage <laughs> around the, the country, everyone.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, bottom. I know something that's not a joke about ice fishing. And that's like when to go on the ice. And we talk a little bit about that in our interview um, with Jed and Matt about how they know it's safe to go on the ice. You know, I talked about growing up in Texas and how crazy it is for me to think about driving a truck on the ice. And um, I found an article online. And I actually have this printed out at home and hung up in kind of our mudroom. And it's ice thickness guidelines, because I know people are really curious. But um, if it's two inches or less, you're supposed to stay off. Four inches, you can walk out and go ice fishing, but just walking. Five to seven inches, you can take a snowmobile or an ATV. Eight to 12 inches thick, cars and small trucks. And then a foot to 15 inches, medium trucks. Which still blows my mind that a foot of ice can be strong enough. Yeah,
1: yeah. They, I think Matt had told me in a different, maybe not in that interview, but it's kind of exponential how much it can hold as as you add inches, and then just spreading out the weight and the fact that a truck has four tires versus, you know, a smaller area, right? Like a snowmobile or something. Um, just spreading out it onto more surface area. Definitely, right. definitely helps for some of those things. But it is something right. you read about. It's it's a safety issue, and you got to be definitely be careful.
2: I know our newspapers up here in the North Woods, um, like in the classified sections and throughout the paper, they'll even have open water warnings to kind of let snowmobilers and ice fishing people know where there might be open water, so they can be more safe. Yeah,
1: the other thing you have to be concerned with, especially as a snowmobiler up here is at some points during the winter time, the snow gets so deep that ice fishermen want to get out to their shanties or shacks or get out further on the lake to their favorite fishing spot. So they'll put the plow on their truck and just plow a big, you know, especially these V plows, they'll plow just a big channel or drive all the way out to their things. Well, one year on the Eagle River chain, somebody plowed out to their ice fishing shanty And they crossed the snowmobile trail and then a snowmobiler was going along and hit that slope that was created by the plow and it launched them into the air because people get cooking pretty good across those lakes on snowmobiles. They go flying 50, 60 miles an hour and imagine just flying along and all of a sudden there's a ramp of snow built up in the middle of the trail, right? So I think the guy got injured uh, but not not severely, but ticked it off, and I think a night or two later, somebody burnt down <laughs> the ice shack.
2: Oh no! That,
1: yeah, that the the trail had led to. So it's a little bit of bad blood when you put a ramp in the middle of a snowmobile trail.
2: Yeah, because you're going. A lot of the snowmobiles go really, really fast, so they're not going to see those things coming.
1: The Great Pyramid of Giza, colossus of roads the Hanging Gardens of Babylon and Roughing It in Style. All of these equal in history and magnitude, but only one you can visit now. You see, Roughing It in Style may not be ancient, but it's the only wonder that will bring wonder to your world. Roughing It in Style is your source for interior design, furniture, reclaimed cabinets, and decor. They have two stores, one out west in Fort Collins, Colorado, and one up north in Harshaw, Wisconsin, 10 miles south of Managua. Plan your visit today and find out more at roughingitinstyle.com. What was that? The pyramid's still around? Why didn't anyone tell me? <clears throat> Roughing It In Style, a much better place for your furnishing needs than the Great Pyramid of Giza. We, uh, yeah, had a great, great interview with Matt and Jed. I think you guys are going to love it. We have a ton of great content and photos. So this that is the other thing about interviewing on location. You get so much good content around the experience. Yeah. So, yeah, without further ado, enjoy our interview with Matt and Jed. Hello, we are here with two of my good friends, Matt Klitz and Jed Leckleitner, and they are professional drinkers and um, dilettantes and amateur ice fishermen. (laughs) Welcome, gentlemen.
2: Thanks. Welcome. It's nice to meet you guys. Um, We've been looking forward to talking to you for a long time, and we were kind of saving it for winter for a special reason, because uh, we're doing it our first on-location cabin cast. We're doing it from a little shack on the side of a lake, uh, while we're ice fishing.
1: Yeah. So we have tip up set up. That's the proper term, right guys? Yeah. Yep. See this, we bring them in for the hard, hitting, <laughs> the hard hitting facts. So we have tip up set up across the lake. It's, it's nighttime and there's little lights on each tip up. So when it goes up, those are called tip up lights. Is that the proper <laughs> yeah. term for it? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah this is the, the facts here.
2: And like during the day you would see a flag. Yeah. And so at night, in the dark, it really helps to um, have a little light on there. I'm also noticing that every time we breathe, it's cold. We have, like, we're blowing vapor out every time we say something. Yeah.
1: That's just because we have so much ice in our old fashions. That oh that's, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. know. Cold. Yeah, Can we and hear? we turned off the heaters. Yeah, I got the. If you hear ice shaking, that's just someone taking a sip. So it's better than outside. Yeah,
2: right. It's just all part of um, the culture, right? It's ice fishing. I think is all about hanging out with your friends. Um, it's not just catching the big fish, but, but then that's just my (laughs) my version of it. (laughs) We can get into that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also just about time spent together. Um, hanging out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you guys maybe Jed fill us in a little bit on your ice fishing background and what, when you started doing that and kind of.
3: So I've got stories about ice fishing that go back to when I was, you know, as a kid, probably four years old. I have stories that my parents have told me that I don't even rem- remember about, you know, walking around um, open water and thankfully not going in the water. And, right. Um. But yeah, we. Uh, I grew up not far from here, and ice fishing's been kind of a big part of my family's lives. We did it for you know my whole childhood. Um I introduced a lot of people to it in college where we would go out in a little car and on lake Butamore down by Oshkosh, and and yeah. uh, we caught some fish down there and and I uh, took a kind of a break from it when I first moved up to this area and then uh, started doing it and it happened to be that my neighbor across the street <laughs> 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 also wanted to get into ice fishing at the same time so uh it kind of as Definitely spun into something that's more than what it, it was, but it we really enjoyed it over the last couple of years, last yeah. three years, probably. And, and Matt yeah. is Jed's neighbor, just
1: yeah. so yeah. Yeah. for yeah. reference. As our hobbies
0: yeah. tend to do, they spin into something much more than we ever anticipated.
1: Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I met Jed through, well, I think our wives met each other first, right? Through the
3: Eagle River JCs. Right. I was so she was not here at that point, but yeah.
1: Oh yeah, this is this goes back (laughs) 14 years maybe? Yeah,
3: Yeah, so we've been friends for
1: 14 years and then I met Matt through Jed and they lived across the street from That's about the time
0: I moved into the neighborhood. Yeah. I met Jed before before his wife was here. And um
1: and we've had all sorts of adventures together. Right, Jed was with right. me in that previous story. I don't know what episode it was where I told the story of falling yeah. through the ice. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Jed was, yeah, Jed was behind me. I wondered. <laughs> I, was I wondered that. I that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then they, uh, yeah, they've been fishing a little bit, and I've been hanging out with them. It's not something that I grew up doing or really had any knowledge of, except for driving by people out on lakes with their trucks out on the lakes, be like, that is insane. Like that's yeah. crazy. And then you find out that it's really not super crazy to put your truck out when the ice gets to a certain thickness, Matt, do you know what
0: thickness? I that want is? to say 12 or 13 is about the 12
1: or, or the 13, depending on the lake. And, and, the and anything you
0: see that gives you thicknesses is, has some factor of safety built into it. Yeah. So they're not going to publish something that isn't safe.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying that it's, <clears throat> yeah, that's, there's, it's overload that's thicker than it probably even yeah, needs to right, be.
0: Right. So but like, I, I don't want to test that. Yeah.
1: And then t- <laughs> t- yeah. And then every year multiple trucks go through the ice. Yeah. We have, we to- I've told you that story, haven't I? No,
2: I haven't yeah. heard it yet. So I, think <laughs> yeah. it's time I don't to drive count. a car on the ice. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't care how thick it
3: is. All right. So let's hear a story. You got to hear this story. Yeah. Okay. Um, my dad and my uh, cousin, who's like my dad's age, is more like their brothers growing up. And then my brother and I, they got a hot tip on a lake that we. <laughs> a hot tip <laughs> on so a warm lake. <laughs> and the tip was uh, they're catching, I'm sure it was walleyes back then. Uh, they're catching walleyes in this lake. Just go to the lake, drive off the boat landing, and go to where you see all the other people that are fishing out there, and that's where they'll be. When we get out there, and there's no other people fishing on the lake, but we can see kind of where we are and it's late winter so there's usually plenty of ice and we get to one spot of the lake and we can see across we're like well there's nobody fishing here but there's plenty of people fishing like you can see where they had a bunch of holes and a bunch of activity kind of on the other side of this lake so we're like oh let's just go over there right so we just drove our truck over there well in between here and there where uh was it like a creek that came in to feed the lake and it wasn't marked off or anything like that and Plunged right in the water with oh. our truck. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. My uh my dad bumped his head on the like on on the windshield. And then I was in the back seat It was back when the trucks didn't have like back doors. Yeah. So we gotta like push him forward or push the door forward or push the seat forward to get out. And he bumped his head, was kind of like dizzy, uh jumped on like an iceberg, right? It was probably like a two by two ice cube. And then fell in the lake. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's whatever, 10 feet of water here. And uh, he he put his arms on the edge of the ice thinking that he was going to, like, get his feet up to get out. And then I jumped on the iceberg and then over the top of him. And then, you know, like, I'm sitting here, and I'm, my dad's a big guy. I was probably 14 years old, and I'm not pulling him out Well, my dad, my brother, and my cousin – Ran around the truck, got to him, we pulled him out and my dad was like, Yeah, I was laying right on top of the ice, thinking I was getting myself out and he would have gone down. Oh no. Yeah, it was bad. Oh jeez! But some people on the lake had saw us and they drove their snowmobiles out to us and came and kind of rescued us. And it turned out that the, the bumper of the truck was on twenty seven inches of ice, but the like the front bumper was on twenty seven inches, the back was in four inches. Oh wow. So just that where that where that stream came in, it was real shallow.
1: So you crossed it and then it broke the back yeah. the rear tires broke? Yeah. And then, were you able to pull it out?
3: Yeah, I guess they did. Wow.
0: So what I'm, I'm hearing you. is I should not be on lakes with Jed <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> on the ice. There's
0: only one you've yeah. gone through. His dad's gone through. Yeah.
1: So Matt, what is your ice <laughs> fishing story?
0: Uh, pretty minimal, actually. I, I don't. I don't recall as a kid doing much. I, I'm sure I did at some point, but uh, my mom's parents uh, were on a lake in Rhinelander, and uh, I remember ice skating more than more than fishing. And my dad wasn't a a particularly big fisherman, but I had a friend who I met when I was 19. And uh, it was probably more about drinking beer back then. And we'd go out fishing. Back then? Back then, yeah. Not anymore. (laughs) It's it's a while ago now. It's a couple decades ago now. And uh, funny enough, I I moved back here to Eagle River. And uh, lo and behold, this this friend lives here now, working, had a a transfer here. And a couple years back... I just, I was talking to him. We, we always got together and did things, and he talked about ice fishing. I said, I want to go. I want to go. And um, it's just addictive. You just can't help it. And he's got a, a spot and he's got some private access to a good lake. And we get out there early and do real well. And from there, I just blossomed having Jed as a neighbor. Um, we both kind of picked up on it at the same time again up here, and it just went from there.
1: Yeah. And it, it's funny, the like, I grew up hunting, so I just have a lot more a lot more knowledge and understanding of the hunting world and just getting into like fishing. We would just go out on our <laughs> pontoon boat and spend time out there. So ice fishing was just so foreign. It was just something I didn't even understand. I just, I mean, you see the whole villages of people out on big lakes and it seems like fun, right? There's guys with satellite dishes on the big, you know, their big trailers that they haul out there, but the actual function of it and how it works is so much different than regular fishing, right? There's more activity in regular fishing, you know, maybe bobber fishing, you're hanging out, waiting for something to happen, but it's still more active and ice fishing. I guess I compare it almost to hunting, like where you're sitting in a tree stand hunting, like bow hunting with a tree stand waiting for the deer to come to you, or you're active in your mountain hunting and you're out exploring and trying to find the animals and get them. So it's interesting. And you guys use a lot of, you know different lake marking apps and mark your spots. And what what are some of the equipment that makes ice fishing interesting and I guess a little bit easier?
0: You know I think that's might might be why we like it. It's more like hunting. It's I mentioned this this past year. I said uh, I'm on a boat and you're casting a line in many different directions, and the fish are moving, and the boat's moving, and everything is it's just nonstop motion. It's it's too dynamic. Here you have to just put a line down and sit and wait. And for some reason I just think that takes some. And I may be totally wrong here, but it it takes some element of uh, change out of the equation there. And I think I do better ice fishing than summer fishing for sure. Whether that's why or not, I don't know. But uh, equipment-wise, boy, we've been uh, (laughs) building that up for a while now too. Um, The first thing I think is some – it's different today. Back in the day, you had to, to jig, find the depth the fish were at. And, and figure it out. You just had to figure it out. And you just had to wait and hope that the fish were there. And I'm sure old guys knew tricks and how to do it. But uh, now you just put a a, a vexular or a Markham a sonar in the hole. And it tells you what the depth is. It tells you if there's fish there. You drop your jig down there and you see the fish and jig it in front of them and hope they bite. And that's probably the first thing you you want to use, huh?
3: I was thinking about our Navionics app that we kind of reference every, before we step on any lake anywhere, we're going to check Navionics. We're going to check DNR maps. I mean, we uh, try to find those spots where the fish might be.
1: And And that's based on what, what are you guys looking for? To drop offs or it depends what you are fishing or, for, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: weed areas. Fish like tanks. That. I mean, it's an app I pay for, which is saying a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> my, hu- my husband uses that app too, yeah, it's like 15 yeah. bucks. Yeah. He uses it it's in the summer and a, yeah, winter. Yeah.
1: And is that that's like onyx for hunting? It's yeah, kind it of the shows the idea. idea,
3: yeah, it shows the depths of the lake, the different depths of the lake, yeah. And it'll even show you weed edges. And it, in some cases, it'll even mark where people have been before and caught fish which you can't always rely on, but oh, people <laughs> share, yeah, yeah. those yeah. things. Oh, that's a good oh, way to yeah,
1: yeah, the say we don't, oh, <laughs> how much better can it get to be like, Oh, let send right, people right. over where we've never right. caught fish. And then we'll go fish over here. But right. well,
0: then I think who might put something on there that didn't happen at all. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's true. They might it's trick the, everybody. Yeah, I don't know. Right.
0: Yeah. Can't trust those, but, uh.
1: but the, the vex law, it's called that. So that's something that's kind of interesting. So again, I've been just going out with these guys this year and just, I walk over with a beer and hang out for a while or sit in the little, what, what it, just a tent. What do you guys call that, a nice fishing? Shelter. Shelter that pulls out on a sled type of thing and yep. pulls up from there. And the vexlar's cool. It looks like a 1980s video game, kind of. <laughs> so you set it on the ground right by, and then you drop the line down. It's got a little kind of cylinder at the end of it or some sort of... The yeah. sensor thing. Yeah, <laughs> a little sensor. It sends
0: out a sonar. Yeah, transducer. a sonar transducer. That, transducer. that yeah. drops
1: transducer. down, and then... It's basically just like a lit circle, right? So it it has all these different colors on it. You drop it in, and it, it'll mark your bottom. And then you drop your jigging pole, which is a short version of a fishing pole. It's called a jigging pole, really little. What are those, about
0: 25 inches? 90, 25 20.
1: inches, and they're different. They're really sensitive. And you see your bait drop down. So it, it, the bait drops down, and that creates a little mark. And then you can raise and lower your bait off the bottom to try and figure out where the fish are. And then when a the fish comes, you actually see the fish appear as a little square. It's like a lit square that heads towards your bait. And it's,
0: it's another Mark comes yeah. up and you move your Mark and then you hold it. And then you, you do what you do to try to get that thing to bite though.
1: So it, it is, it's just interesting where you're just looking at a hole in the ice and trying to figure it out. And it's like this little screen or video game yeah. where you're trying to get a light to go towards your light. and It's just, <laughs> you Know, kind of an interesting way to fish,
0: and sometimes it's so frustrating because if they're not biting, they're not biting, and you can't make them. Right. And yeah. you watch them, and they come there and they look yeah. at it, and you can't believe they're not taking it.
3: But sometimes it's the opposite, but sometimes <laughs> it's the opposite. Sometimes
0: I was joking that this year I had a, I mean, like you're allowed three lines in the water, and there's another contraption called a tip down. So if you're fishing for panfish, particularly crappie, um. You can have three lines, and the tip-down is just an old-fashioned jig pole, like a $3 jig pole, that's balanced on top of a, a contraption you make. I made them in my garage this summer. And as the fish pulls that, you, you, you drop a, a, a treble hook with a minnow on it to a certain depth. And as the fish takes it, they don't feel any resistance, so they just keep on going. And you get over there. You run for them usually. You run like a moron to them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you grab it, and you tug it, and you set the hook and pull it up hand over hand with the line. And then you put the line back down. You don't have to reset the depth or anything. That, that's kind of fun. But there, there's times where the fish come around. They're schooling fish. So when they come around, there, there was a time this this year that I had all three lines out of the water. I couldn't get them back in before the next one was down. <laughs> so those only last for 15 minutes maybe or 10 minutes. But um, And then you sit there for a half an hour, 45 minutes, waiting for it to come around again.
2: But, so what kind of fish are you usually fishing for when you're ice fishing?
0: It's been crappie for a long time. We, they're just a really tasty fish, easy to catch. You can catch a bunch of them, and you're not going to really harm the population too much. You take home a dozen or 15 or right. whatever. But uh, uh, the, just this year, we made a concerted effort. We actually talked about it before. Season. Like, we're going to go for some walleye this year. We're going to try to find walleye.
1: And what did we catch tonight? Walleye. Yeah, we uh, caught yeah. a keeper, a nice oh, yeah. walleye. So we'll share pictures yeah. of that. i will yeah. share the
0: picture.
2: And and. Th- Everybody's just listening to us. They can't see. We'll we'll post videos and things on our socials on Instagram and Facebook so you can get a little bit of a feel for what we've been doing here tonight. But you can't see right now that Jed's not really looking at us as he speaks. <laughs> yeah. He's looking out the window, <laughs> the window. <laughs> to see the light on the tip up come up. So yeah. he's not got, ignoring us. Yeah. He's just watching. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they've got binoculars here on the table <laughs> so that they can confirm <laughs> that the light is, is yeah. blinking off. Well, the sandbar
0: is so far away. I mean, Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then we'll hop in, we have a UTV here, we'll hop in that and haul out to yeah. the lake and uh, and check the tip up. So the one thing that kind of drives me crazy about ice fishing is, it's like a hurry up and wait thing, right? Or it's wait, then hurry, then wait. So you wait, you wait, you wait, you put all the work in, you drill the holes, you put the tip ups in, you put your bait on. And then when the tip up flips up, you, oh, there's one, you run over there and then you get there and you're supposed to wait. For <laughs> like, <laughs> like five minutes, two to five yeah. minutes. Yeah. So you're just standing there watching this thing, waiting and hoping that there's a fish on the other end. And why do you wait? What is the reason? Well, for I waiting? think that
3: kind of gets back to which which fish are we fishing for. So when we're fishing for walleye late in the season, it can be a lighter bite where they're you know they're going to take it, they're going to run with it for a little bit, and then they're they're going to sit with it and not necessarily swallow it for some reason. I don't know if they. You, to me, it doesn't make sense, but, but, um, while we like to let it sit a little longer, um, if we're fishing for a crappie with a tip down, we take it right away. Um, at, at my in-laws place, we fish for northerns a lot and, and those northerns, will though, if I have a, I don't know, 50 yards of line on my tip up, they'll run that 50 yards of line out in a matter of seconds. So you got to, you know, book it to the yeah, tip that. up and if it's still running, you set the hook right away. Oh, wow. And, that's, inter- that's actually how I kind of introduced my kids into fishing this year was through uh the northern bite at their place because it's it, they do such a good job of you know the fish do a good job of just kind of running to keep that line tight and then let the kids just you know just give it a good nice tug and then and then brings the fish right in and then they can pull it right in usually it's a good hook set and and, and, d- and I mean, you
1: pull it in hand over hand right you hand over hand
3: yeah yeah yep. 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 and I think I, I mean my I have you know, three kids and between the three of them they probably caught Fifteen Northerns this year through yeah, the that's, ice.
0: That's, <laughs> that's a awesome. A good way to hook them too. They, they, yeah. them. they love it. Yeah. No pun intended, but yeah. hook the kids. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Right. Yeah. Get them to want to go.
2: So, it, do you use different bait to get different, or how do you know you're, you say you're going to go for walleye or northern or crappie? What? How do you know what you're going to get on the other end of the line?
0: We keep it pretty simple. Walleye and northern is a treble hook with a minnow on the end of it, and different minnows, but shiners and suckers. I mean, it's it's basic stuff. Right. Um,
3: a lot of times for like a northern, a shiner. Which is a, they call it a shiner because it's it's real reflective with the light, and the northern will see that from a long ways away, and they'll will attack it or whatever. And uh, so we like to use shiners for for northern's a lot, and for whatever reason the walleyes are a little iffy on the shiners. Um, we seem to have better luck with suckers, but the next guy will tell you that uh, shiners work better for walleyes. So it just depends on that. It, it depends have, on the the lake or the yeah. water clarity or. Or whatever it is, maybe the the other bait fish that are in that lake. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it that we don't know. So
0: we talked about this here, and we we don't know a whole lot more than we do know. So it's, yeah, it's right? it's just a matter of trying things. And oh, uh, uh, just last a couple of days ago, we we met a guy out here who said they didn't have suckers at the bait shop, so we had to buy shiners. Well, that's what he caught a fish on. So it may not matter. That
1: would it surprise you to know that I didn't know the difference between a sucker and a shiner?
2: <laughs> we might have to put pictures of that on too, yeah. because people are probably
0: picturing things. Do you guys? Yeah. What
3: is the difference? It's just a different type of minnow,
0: different type of fish. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, a, a shiner, like I said, is more reflective. Yeah, and it's kind of flatter, and then a sucker is more. Uh, it's got you know, like a sucker, like a you, like a, like fish a bottom tank, feeder, bottom yeah. feeder. Oh, okay, so like a mm-hmm. sucks off the bottom kind of. So they're of
2: thing. actually little minnow fish. They're yep. these are not like lures and
3: no
0: little. Oh, right, live fish. bait,
3: live fish. bait. Yeah.
2: I pictured these pretty little lures. I didn't.
0: No, yeah. Panfish. Okay. Panfish is a whole different story. And you might have to change jig size or if you use a little wax worm or a minnow or a little piece of plastic that you buy, a, a, a plastic that you put on the hook. And there's times I couldn't believe it this year. I Plastic did the best for me on crappie. Wow. And until now, it's all been minnows. So you just have to be willing to try different things. And that's we, we kind of talk about that a lot we get maybe down on a couple of days of no fish and then we just have to make ourselves go and try something different or do something. Not. Today we're out further than we normally have been and you know, two flags so far. So you just never know. It's, it's really a mystery. And That's what in makes some it ways, fun, right? Yeah. Now other guys, I think there are guys who are real successful fishermen that simply know something that we don't know and we just have to take time and practice to learn right. those things and,
1: so do you think it's it's more learning the lake that you're on for people out there just figuring out what the ins and outs of your lake? Is it like, hey, I know the great spot to fish during the summertime and that's where I'm gonna try and get out on the lake. Does that is that correlate?
0: That often does not correlate. yeah. yeah. if you got winter you just like for a while, you gotta find a weed edge somewhere and then the right depth and whatnot. And they come in shallower in the evening. they feed at dinner, middle of the night and breakfast before the sun comes up. But um, that's a general rule for walleye. You don't normally go out looking for walleye midday. But um, weed edges seem to be a real common uh, part of that, I would say. Yeah. Drop-offs, things like Where that. Where the
3: bait fish are hanging out. Yeah. You know, bait fish hang out in the weeds, in the shallows. Okay. And that's They kind of hunt through That'll there help you. Right. For help stuff. you get there. I mean, we fish for crappies in typically holes or yeah. valleys yeah. or, you know, deeper parts of the lake. Um. And I think it's just because the water's warmer down there. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. like I said, we don't really
2: know. <laughs> me. We just know we catch them the over. accidental fishermen. <laughs>
3: yeah, absolutely.
0: We just, yeah, we good you luck. talk about the boredom. Is that's where the beer comes in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the waiting time. That's where the beer comes in. And uh, I, I don't really drink a lot of beer unless I'm ice fishing. I'm not yeah. a beer drinker. Drink beer drinker.
2: So. So my husband had one of those shannies. So for people that have never seen any of this, it is like grumpy old men. Yeah, like it's the little houses, and he would take a snowmobile out to it. And then there's a little heater in there and it was toasty warm. And he and his buddies could play poker and cards and have their beer. Cause being warm is important, especially if he wanted me to come out and go with him. How do you guys stay warm when you're on the ice?
3: Suit. I was gonna go back to my child. Go back to my childhood as a fisherman. My dad made. Uh, you know, he was a real handy guy, kind of a real crafty too. And he made a ice shanty that was made in uh, pieces. I guess, and uh, it was you know eight foot tall by four foot wide pieces, and or maybe it was six feet tall and four feet wide. I'm pretty sure it was eight feet. <laughs> I don't know. It was Tall when I was a kid, it was four. and uh, yeah, we he took it apart in ten pieces. There was a floor, and there was walls, and it was insulated, and at a like a wood burning stove in it that you could wow. cook on. And I mean, we'd go out there; that we'd spend an entire afternoon. We cook out there. We'd. And as a kid, you know, we had these black and white TVs that had a battery. Probably, we watch a Packer game on a four inch screen. Yeah, because and- you
2: can't miss the Packer game <laughs> yeah.
3: at all. Yeah, right. So that was uh, that was our Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoons. We'd s- just kind of stay out there. And I know guys that you know take you know much more simpler shacks and and they'll sleep overnight. Yeah. And yeah. then there's the shacks that you can, you know, hook up to the back of your truck, and it's basically a camper that you're bringing out there. Yeah, too. some people yeah.
2: use old campers, and
1: yeah, that's them. one of our team members has some fancy shack that f- actually floats. Like it has wheels on it, but if it I if it like did go part. through the if it did go through the ice, they just have the idea that it'll float. It's a real fancy fancy thing. For we were, me, it's
0: more about the clothing. It's, it's really <laughs> I, layers and the clothing. Do it right, and and I've uh, I invested in the suit. These are really fancy suits, and it it. it it happens to float, and I and I have no intention of ever testing that. Really, but um, I, I, it's so warm, I can't believe it. I, I really don't need to be in a shack most days. And early ice, I can take my coat off a lot and just wear the bibs here like this. And I've got a heavy couple layers on here. So to me, it's about the clothing. And I started with some uh, uh, wool-rich bibs that my dad bought when I was a kid for hunting, and they, they, he he bought them real long, hemmed them up about six inches, and then I took that hem out. When I got older, and I wore those just a couple of years ago. I still have them. I wear them. But um, to I, me, it's all about clothing. I can be outside a shack all day if I have the right clothing on.
2: My father-in-law swears by, ba- we call it baggies. So he uses old bread oh, bags. Yeah. So he puts on a pair of socks. And then he puts on a bread bag. Really? And then he puts on another pair of socks. Yeah, he doesn't go anywhere in the winter without baggies on.
0: That's what they do in the south when it snows. Right? Okay. They put I don't know, because this is my, my father-in-law that
2: grew yeah. up in Wisconsin and uh, the... Yeah.
0: I've never heard that.
2: So you have to try that out.
1: Like a vapor barrier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like the old fashioned Gore-Tex.
2: Yeah. Now myself, I grew up in Texas and married a Wisconsin boy. He lived in Fond du Lacs when you're talking about Lake Butamort. So that's Mm kind of all that area and everybody there uh, speared sturgeon. So sturgeon are these giant dinosaur like fish. And so you drive out to all the little shanties, the little town where they had these huge cuts of ice open inside the shanty. I don't know. I said if they took our kids out there, they had to tie them to the side because it scared me so much. And then they would spear the fish when it swam by. And I, the first time I had ever, so talking about driving on ice, talk about something foreign to me. I always still to this day have to put the windows down on the car my husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have to be ready. I have to be ready.
0: (laughs) I'll unbuckle the seatbelt. Right, unbuckle, yeah. It's just
2: a foreign thing. But when you grow up in it, you don't really think about it the same
0: way. And I won't drive my own car out there. Yeah. (laughs) Just Just other people's. If somebody wants to drive out there, I'll ride with them. I'm I'm not afraid of the ice. I just... I just recently found out that insurance apparently covers this. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, and I I texted my insurance guy and asked that. He said, "Yes, we do cover stupid." (laughs) Nice answer. He said, "I've been known to be stupid once in a blue moon, but uh, I still won't do it."
2: So, what are your real lives? You're not fishermen, like professionally.
1: Just sell your catch at the local market, right? Which is illegal. By the way,
0: (laughs) we're very poor.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you do? What do you do on a regular day?
3: Uh we both kind of do similar things. Uh I work at a, a bank and I'm a commercial lender. Okay. So I work with small businesses in the area and provide financing for their, you know, acquisitions and working capital and that's kind of been doing that for 15 years. Moved up here right out of college with a finance degree and didn't really know it's, you know, it's kind of funny you gra- graduate college and don't know what you're going to do. And I don't know if it's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, but I've been doing it for 15 years and I like it still. So I feel like it's probably, <laughs> probably not. yeah, so, you just so don't know. And you move to a, a small town yeah. and uh, you just kind of fall into a job and it's, it's been great. Until yeah. so you
2: get your fishing endorsements. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's going to
0: happen. <laughs> I guess I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, uh, my, my schooling is I'm an aerospace engineer and I lived in Kansas for 10 years, worked at an airplane company and um, came. This is home for me. I grew up just south of here, probably a couple of miles from here and uh, I'm a financial advisor now and I, I work with people up retirees and small businesses and things like that. So for me, it's just about being home and I've been here, I've been home 17 years now, I think.
1: Oh. And that's one of the interesting things up here is always finding out what people do because there's a mindset that you're either retired up here or you have a vacation home up in the Northwoods, Right. But there are tons of people and tons of good opportunities up here, too. You just have to find the right niche and, yep. and find something to do. with It's such a great place to live and raise a family if th- you if you have something to do.
2: I think that's the same story for any getaway community. People always dream about living there and wonder how the people that do live there can do it, you know, and.
1: Yeah, I saw a truck the other day that just says, not everyone up here is on vacation, right? And that always kind of. Seen that truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few of those. But it kind of gets me because, it, like, I don't know what the message is. Is that, like, people live here too, and you can't just come up here and enjoy it? It's like, it's such
0: a weird message. Like, my recollection send... is speed up. Oh, just like, <laughs> oh. don't drive here. Right. And I, I used to. So my my my, my regular office until last March is in Manaqua. So I drive back and forth most of the time. And now I do a lot of work from home, but, um, you know, I, I take the scenic route and, uh, very often in the summertime you, and I don't care cause I, you know, it's not like I have a, a clock to punch, but, um, people do 25 miles an hour sure. across yeah, there through St. Germain and, yeah. and that's just how they do it. But, uh, I, I'm a little more. So you think it's a driving thing? I, like, I think that's what that guy, I don't know who over. the guy is, but I've yeah. seen that truck. And no, I, I think of something funny too. I, I moved up here in, in 1977 and uh, when we lived in Wasa before then, my dad said he hunted and fished more when we lived in Wausau than when we moved up here. So there's a little bit of a, you got to be careful. And I think True. I I took that to heart and thought. I'm not going to let that happen to me. Yeah, I got to make sure that I have plenty of time to do what I want to do. And having a neighbor like Jed, who's quite an outdoorsman, <laughs> he's always, "Hey, you want to go here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's you want to go shoot this. Okay. <laughs> I'll try it." <laughs> so,
2: do you guys like to fish in the summer as much as winter?
0: I don't. I don't care for it. I, I mean, like I go.
3: The, I, you know, I just kind of picked up the spring fishing, and. It, I don't know. I just no, I don't. It'll come I feel like It'll there's come. enough. <laughs> I feel there's enough to do in the summer yeah. around here. Uh we like to take the boat out. Um it's just I take my kids fishing and a lot of times it ends up in knots and <laughs> just easier just to take the boat out and cruise the chain and go to the island and hang out for the afternoon, grill some brats. And, and not push it when it's fishy and here it's easy because it's like yeah I'll set I'll do all the work and you guys all you got to do is come and then we get three extra lines for every kid that I bring <laughs> you know?
2: oh and like now I said, we get it uh, now we know why the family uh,
3: yeah. ties.
1: is yeah they don't have a choice
0: I convinced my wife to come out this year too I said I promise I can keep you warm I promise brought her out here and she said you really can holy cow she was yeah wasn't surprised but like i said before the summer fishing there's so many variables and to me that is just like wow that's like throwing darts and you know yeah although I, I would admit that the spring fishing is uh so the crappie in the spring are really kind of easy to get and uh and then we started trolling for walleye, and, and so it's, it's kind of growing a little bit but I, I really i don't know i just think the ice fishing is more successful for us or at least for me I mean,
3: so for example, we can go to my in-laws, which is a good northern lake, and we can go out there for three hours and throw baits and maybe catch one northern or two northerns. And, and then they, you know, it's warm out, so it's not as easy to keep them, keep them fresh. So you typically throw them back, and then, you know, it's fun to catch them, but it's, it's work. In the winter, we can sit in the house, watch tip-ups from the house, all day long while we're opening presents at Christmas. <laughs> and the kids get to catch all kinds of fish. And it's frozen right away, so we can pretty much preserve it and get it in the freezer. And my daughter said that uh, her favorite fish to eat is northern. So, oh, wow. you know, <laughs> So what's which,
2: your favorite way to prepare the fish you catch?
3: Northern, you have to clean the bones out pretty good. Right? Yeah, there's a Y-bone in there. So you clean that out. I usually do a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> I do a better job. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we just, uh, you know, a little bit of shore lunch and throw yep. them in the deep fryer. Yep. Or pan fried? Is my yeah.
0: Pan fried for walleye, usually, is better, but uh, uh, deep fried is my favorite.
3: Yep, get your oil real hot and a little bit of shore lunch, you know, egg wash with the shore lunch. And Maybe then. You like uh, the Cajun? Is it Cajun, Cajun shore, shore lunch? lunch. Oof, that stuff. Or
0: Zatterans. I get the Zatterans fish, yeah. 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 fish fry. Spelled wrong, F R I, fish fry.
3: Get your oil good and hot in about, uh, what, three, four
0: minutes yeah. in the oil? Yeah. Especially for crappie. Crappie are, you know, kind of smaller pieces. But yeah. the other thing is you got to make sure you make enough for about twice as many people if you have eating. Because you want some, I mean, Chet Nile, keep eating. Yeah. So keep playing cribbage later, and keep eating fish. And then I always like a few pieces for breakfast, too. Yeah. Yeah,
2: fish and eggs is really yummy.
1: So if someone was going to just get started ice fishing, right, and just dive into it, I'm sure there's good articles out there. But what what is the basics? Just like go buy tip-ups and an auger? I mean, is there handheld, like, what do you, know, yeah, what's the investment to like, just get the basics, nothing fancy. I
0: just did this for somebody and I said, you know, I think you could get them going with a couple of tip ups, a sled to pull things out with. You have to, I mean, if you can't drill a hole, you can't. And that's where you, you can get a, a hand auger out there for, for cheap. And I've seen guys use them. They're sharp. They'll go through the ice pretty quickly. Um, but I think I had it down to maybe 400 bucks for her was uh, and he was pretty well, he would be pretty well set up with that um, to put some tip ups in and have a jig pole and, and be able to catch a number of different fish.
1: Yeah. Without any um, fancy electronics yeah. or anything.
0: But so what I realized too, when I, I built these tip downs last summer, because I'd go with this friend of mine from years ago, who I know uh, we live near each other and um, I'd go along and he, his wife would come. And I realized that as Jed pointed out with each kid comes three lines and his wife would be in the shack jigging and having a good old time, and he'd be tending to five lines out there. I I finally realized after a whole year why he (laughs) caught so many more fish than me. (laughs) He had five lines, and I had three at most if I could tend to them. So then, the cabin
1: uh, cast brought to you by child labor. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: So I realized that, and I—that's I, why I, I told my wife. She, she even said, "What? Well, I'm just three more lines to you." <laughs> oh, so, that's a uh,
2: Valentine card <laughs> for you.
0: <laughs> right, but uh, I did get her out this year. But anyway, um, getting her out there allows me more lines, or I borrow a kid from Jad or something. We <laughs> so, <laughs> get a few more lines. It gives you a little better chance, but yeah, that—that's—it's more fun to do with other people. It really is more fun. I've been out alone, and it's okay. But um, at least you've got someone to talk to and solve the world's problems and things like that.
2: I know um, so many of our listeners actually live places where they don't have frozen lakes. And just to put it in perspective, I mean, we're not talking about having a month of a hobby. The lakes stay frozen up here. I know people weren't walking and driving on my lake last year, but the ice was not out until May 1st. So
3: um,
2: it's a long season. What yeah. do you, what's typically so, start yeah. to finish for you guys?
3: This year we uh, we were out here early. So our, our first our first time out fishing this year was probably December tenth, and that was late. You know, a lot of yeah. times we can be out the he's last a week later than me. We can be out the last <laughs> week of gun season, which is yeah. you know towards the end of November around here. Um, you know, I have lots of memories from hey the last week of gun season the best weekend to go out fishing because everybody's you know, in the woods, let's go fishing. So
0: early ice too. Early yeah. ice is really early good ice, for, was for fishing. Better fishing. Yeah.
3: So I mean, I think December, you know, it was a little bit later this year because it kind of got, was a mild winter so far, but
0: yeah, I'd say the two years prior to this year was, uh I was fishing. In fact, I, 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 I label all my bags of fish and I found one that somehow got stuck in the back and I found it like mid November two years ago or a year and a half earlier, whatever it was. And so there was mid November, then late November. And this year was early December. But uh, that that last year was November through. We were fishing during maple season. Wow, yeah. we were like no, nothing to boil. Okay, let's go fishing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that so, was kind of yeah, fun to overlap COVID, that. Fat. Yeah, yeah,
0: COVID too. So it was it was easy to go fishing. But uh,
1: and Jed Matter also our maple syrup producing connections too. So we'll have another cabin cast with them explaining the whole maple syrup trade. Yeah,
2: that's another well. really fun one. And that um, we're enjoying it in our old fashions yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah.
1: So instead of the simple syrup, we have maple syrup
0: maple syrup and bitters it's a bitters yeah. yeah
1: well the uh we really appreciate you guys coming out to kind of show us the ropes a bit on fishing we'll share lots of pictures on things um and one of the things that we end every cabin cast with is just your perfect day on the lake so usually we're talking about summer on the lake <laughs> but if you guys want to do a, a perfect day of winter on the lake or a perfect day of summer i don't uh matt you want to go first
0: I was gonna to point to Jen first. <laughs> and
2: usually people do it from like wake up yeah. till the end. Like what's yeah. the whole day look like?
0: Well, winter's easy. Uh morning, a bucket full of crappie. <laughs> Home for a football game. <laughs> and then you complain about cleaning fish. <laughs> uh, summer, we we have a cottage south of here. So I, I'm I'm sort of backwards. I, I go south to our cottage. And uh it's um towards Wasa from here. And to me it's it's really about uh uh, get up, cup of coffee. We had a great big screen porch and you just stare out at the water. We're on the small end of the lake and um, not a lot of traffic there. And just, just kind of watch. And um, it's really just, there's not a lot. It's not like we go out and see people on the lake or anything. We're there by ourselves. We kind of keep to ourselves at our place. And it's usually uh, leftover fish fry right in the morning and then some light lunch. And then in the afternoon, you get your cocktails out and uh, go for a boat ride. And it's about two-hour boat ride around the two lakes and come back and we put on uh, public radio. Usually there's a uh, the blues program is on, on Friday night and uh, Sunday or Saturday morning, the country station has a blues program on. So we just put on goofy radio and and just sit around and play Yahtzee and play cards and cribbage and things like that. So nothing really uh, in-depth there, just pretty basic, laid-back, relax, relax. perfect for get away relaxation. relax i'm just like,
2: sitting here like oh that sounds, <laughs> that sounds lovely sounds like yeah. yeah
3: jed so the uh the whole lake lifestyle is kind of new to me i grew up in the woods and kind of live in the woods now and prefer to be in the woods for the most part um however you know we do spend a lot of time on the lake um I'm kind of torn with this question because I have, you know, some different, you know, it's like if I'm here, then this is the perfect day. And if I'm at home, this is the perfect day. So I'm just going to share both if that's okay. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs>
3: awesome. yeah. So if I'm uh, at my, f- my wife's family cabin area, if we have the perfect day, it's going to be, you know, you wake up, have waffles because that's what... uh his dad likes to make waffles every every morning uh he makes the best waffles so waffles in the morning um go down the lake and catch some bluegills and then uh maybe at some point we'll go over to the point which is uh the family area where there's typically around the fourth of july there'll be several families several um relative families and there'll be a pontoon boat with the top off and we'll kind of. Hang out there for the day. Go swimming. The kids will do, you know, whatever they want, and we just kind of all hang out. But um, and then, of course, we always end the day with a happy hour. Um, there's a tie-up. Is that the end or the beginning? That's the. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a uh, a tie-up sometimes where we take you know invite everybody from the lake. I don't know if it's everybody, but you know sometimes there'll be six, eight pontoon boats. We'll meet in the middle of the lake and watch the sun kind of go down and have some, you know, socialization. You know, every pontoon boat kind of has the door that slides open, so we'll just kind of mingle, and everybody's got their own snacks out. This is pre-COVID, obviously, but everybody's got snacks out, and you kind of mingle between the boats and, and talk to the neighbors of the lake and see how they're doing and have a have a drink, have some snacks, and and then end the day with a campfire, of course, but...
1: That's actually a great social distancing. It's just a bunch of pontoon
0: boats <laughs> right.
3: tied together and great. stay one pontoon boat away. Yeah,
0: that's but, a great uh, day. Yeah,
3: at home, you know, at home we live in Eagle River and the Eagle River chain has so much to offer. Um, we love spending time on the chain. Um, it worked out a little bit better when Eric still lived on the chain. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that buttons, was convenient, right? wasn't it, yeah. Parker <laughs> But uh, yeah,
3: we we would uh, you know we put on an Eagle Lake and we would kind of put uh, down the channels of Eagle River and kind of look at people and, and maybe stop for lunch somewhere along the way, then get to Cranberry Lake, go to the, go to the Island and hang out there. the kids love that Island, the big Island out there.
0: Oh, yep. The campground yeah, the, or the, yeah. the public
3: thing, the public there, thing there. Yeah. Yeah. And we hang out there and uh, usually we will bring some brats from home and put it in like a thermos and have some, some lunch or dinner there and, and then putter away, and usually it's 9 o'clock by the sun goes down, or just getting the boat on the trailer, and and then the kids are tired, and everybody goes to bed. But
1: yeah, That's a great day. And the Eagle River chain is 28 lakes connected. Consecutive yeah. lakes. So there's the Three Lakes chain connected to the Eagle River chain by, uh, what do they call that thing? Uh, it's
0: like burnt a, Rollaways Dam. Yeah, there's yeah, a, a dam that, with a there.
1: lift that you can go from chain to chain, which oh. is really fun. Yeah. And uh, Sam and I used to live on there, but we moved to a a little smaller lake, um, a little quieter one, but it's still a lot of fun.
0: And don't forget Sunday at the golf course; you can stop there. There's a band usually. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah. You end up regretting that. Yeah, it's <laughs> a <laughs> so lots of fun to be had. The couple of times yeah. I've yeah. been there, I regretted it. Yeah. But, uh, so the perfect day today, though, is I mean, if you catch a, a fish, a nice like this one, this walleyes, that makes it all worth it. Yeah. Uh, the
3: truth is that there's not a bad day when it comes to being on the lake. Yeah, <laughs> Or <out laughs> the, a day in the office. Right, you You're
2: know. not at home. You're not working. Yeah, yeah so. that's a great answer.
3: Well, thank you guys
1: again for coming. We really appreciate it. And we'll have you back on to talk some maple syrup. Thanks
3: for having us. Yeah. Yeah. we can to share more expertise for we sure. Might yeah. make, we might we know, know a, little a little bit more about little that. Little that, more that more are, we are better at maple syrup yeah. than yeah. we are about yeah. fishing. You see I'm, how
0: few flags we've had. All
1: right, bye.
2: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Cabin Cast. You can find details and more information in the show notes on our website at www.thecabincast.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you won't miss a single episode. Follow us on your favorite social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Cabin Cast. We'd also love to hear from you. We want to hear your getaway and cabin stories. For a chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode, email us at getawayatthecabincast.com. Until next week, enjoy the journey.